This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. First up today, we are revisiting the calls for a Fixed-Term Parliament Act. Now, to be clear, this has already had some pushback in some ways from uh, from the government because on January 13th, it began there, the Deputy Prime Minister, Dr. Sri Dr. Ahmad Zayed Hamidi, suggested once more enacting a Fixed-Term Parliament Act or an FTPA to prevent mid-term changes of government. Um, however, in I guess in response to being asked about that, three days later, the Prime Minister, Dr. Sriyanwa Ibrahim, was reported as saying that the Cabinet had yet to convene any discussion on the proposal, saying we haven't discussed this, it is too premature for us to come to any decision on the matter, we have not even obtained any comments from the Attorney General. In addition, there is no consensus among the leaders of parties aligned with the unity government on the proposal. So... Now, if you if you remember, actually, the FTPA is a um, Pakatan Harapan manifesto promise um, under the 15GE. Um, it was also one of the reforms that was being called for uh, by 13 NGOs as well as 52 individuals who were part of um, the Project Stability and Accountability for Malaysia or Project Summer. We did speak to them a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, and for what it's worth, there are many reasons why a fixed-term parliamentary act would benefit Malaysia and the way our, well, the business of governing is conducted, right? Because uh, it would ensure electoral fairness. As you've already said, it would essentially prevent mid-term changes in uh, representation in parliament, in our MPs. So this would mean better administration in terms of the electoral better electoral administration, as well as the better the possibility of better governmental planning. However, on the opposite side of it, people who are not necessarily the biggest fans of the idea um, often talk about the fact that it reduces accountability, it reduces flexibility, and that it hasn't necessarily proven to be ineffective uh, in the past. I think this is one of those very quintessentially Malaysian conversations because the people mooting it, um, as the Prime Minister has already indicated, there's no consensus. So even though it technically came from government in the sense that it was mooted and brought up by the Deputy Prime Minister, it's quite clear clear that among the various parties of the unity government, uh, which as we know is a very broad coalition of many different interested parties, there isn't that kind of consensus. So there's that. Then even among CSOs, even among um, political thinkers, there isn't consensus there either. So while we are going to be speaking to somebody who is a proponent of it, um, I, I don't think it is necessarily one of those straightforward this side wants it, this other side does not. In fact, on both sides, there are people equally saying, yeah, 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 they are pros and others going, well, there are also cons. I think it's also telling that this is coming on the wake of um, a period of a lot of turmoil and turbulence for us as Malaysians, right? And I think that's why if we go back to that group of that group that is calling for the FTPA, um, a key part of what Project Summer has been talking about is in fact stability. And the notion of the FTPA is like folded under the idea that we just want a government that is effective, that gets its job done. And having stability in terms of our MPs, in terms of our parliamentarians, would contribute towards that. 
So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we are going to be joined very shortly by Tharma Pile, who is representing the CSO Platform for Reform. Um, we'd like to hear from you, though. Do you wish that we had a fixed-term parliament act? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Charmila. We are talking today about the recent conversations on a fixed-term Parliament Act that was suggested most recently, at least, by Deputy Prime Minister Datuk Sri Dr. Ahmad Zaid Hamidi, although the Prime Minister has already said that it's not been discussed yet. It's uh, premature at this point in time. Let us know, what do you think? Do you wish that we had a fixed-term Parliament Act? That number to call, 7733-2900. Send us a voice note or... Or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, um, we have Tharma Pillay, who is a representative of the CSO Platform for Reform. Tharma, thanks for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the details of the uh, fixed-term parliament proposal, could you explain what, I suppose, what political problems this proposal is attempting to solve? Right. Um, so two clear things that we're trying to solve. Uh, number one is uh, we want to be able to have some sort of um, terms of reference or an idea uh, of what is legally allowed for you to, to be able to dissolve parliament. Right. So essentially, you want to be able to uh, have some level of limit to the powers of the prime minister. That's number one. And number two is that uh, we want to also be able to regulate um, the the process of changing prime ministers in a more effective manner. Uh, if you look at right now, we have certain mechanisms, for example, the no confident vote or the confidence vote, and of course, the infamous statutory declarations or SDs, right? So having a uh, an act like the Fixed Term Parliament Act seeks to remove certain things that we find to be um, bad for our country's democracy in this, in this case, uh, the process of SDs, right? So we will still allow, or we, we will propose that uh, things like no confidence votes or confidence votes are still there. This mechanism still exists, but things that are outside of the parliament processes, that should be removed uh, and that should be regulated away. Now, this will, of course, require uh, an act to be passed. Are there alternatives to the Fixed Term Parliament Act that don't require new legislation? Um, okay, so the the whole philosophy or the idea of having a fixed-term parliament act is that we want to be able to promote some level of stability and predictability in terms of government, uh, in terms of how economy is going, how our policy making is going. Because, you know, the problem with Malaysia is that every time you change a government, every time you change a prime minister, you change a minister, everything just completely changes. And that affects investor confidence, businesses, even affects, you know, your life and my life, right? So if you want to talk about an alternative um, I mean, uh, the, the only way is really to strengthen the civil service, strengthen institutions overall, have more political or policy stability, where even if the government changes or the political players change, the policy making doesn't change. So we are sort of building that uh, over time in Malaysia. But again, institutional reform and strengthening it overall is, is quite difficult and it takes quite a lot of time. So um, the alternative is not easy either. So for the time being, this is sort of a good idea um, to make sure that our institutions or our policymaking and stability uh, remain strong no matter uh, what happens. So could you give us an outline of what the Act would do and how it might constrain political parties but also politicians? 
All right. So firstly, I think we have to address a common misconception where a fixed-term parliament act sort of gives this unilateral absolute power to a prime minister to stay in power even when they're unpopular, even when they're weak, and sort of an authoritarian kind of uh, system, right? anti-democratic kind of system. So that's not uh, how a fixed-term parliament system works. Uh, so as I said earlier, there's two main things that, uh, that our proposal uh, or, or what civil society organizations, including Berse, Sama, and many, other, uh, many others are suggesting. First thing is that you have specific mechanisms that you agree upon that this is how you can change um, a prime minister or you can declare no confidence, right? So number one is if a prime minister loses a vote of uh, no confidence, loses a vote of confidence, um, or alternatively, they lose a key budget vote. And that is a sign that this prime minister has no legitimacy uh, and therefore there must be a, a discussion uh, either to bring about an election or to change the prime minister, right? That is entirely a parliament process. And the great thing is that if you regulate this, it means that any SDs that are done outside of parliament are illegitimate and not allowed, right? I think that's, that's a huge source of instability in Malaysian politics over the past couple of years. We want to be able to, uh, to remove it. That's number one. Number two is that you also remove a lot of the, you know, the, the, the huge kind of uh, anxiety that, that sometimes we have when governments decide, you know what, we, we want to go for elections, but we don't want to, we want to let you guess when. And we want to hold the power of when it's supposed to happen, right? We saw this in the last government with the Kuala Malaysia Ismail Sabri government, where after the Johor state elections, like almost every week they were saying, we want a new, we want an election, we want an election, we want an election, right? And if you are a business, if you are a, a policymaker, you're an investor, that's incredibly destabilizing. And you don't know, you know, if this government is going to go for elections at any time. So you want to remove that. And what's being proposed is that there must be a clear mechanism that where the prime minister doesn't have unilateral power to say, hey, I want to go to go speak to the young Victor Agum and call for election. Instead, the prime minister must now speak to parliament. Uh, either achieve a, um, a simple majority or a two-third majority to say we want to be able to have an earlier election compared to the five-year term. We want to be we want to dissolve slightly earlier, right? Uh, we got the consent of the of parliament, and only then will this be presented to the Yang Diputuan Agong. Therefore, creating uh, one layer of uh, of uh, of check and balance and one layer of barrier so that it's not just the prime minister just simply decides speaks to the Yang Diputuan Agong, and then uh, this, uh, dissolution. So that's essentially you're adding more mechanisms into the system to allow more uh, stability. So you've covered a lot of ground there. Aside from stability, what other advantages does the Fixed-Term Parliament, uh, Fixed Parliament Act bring to our parliamentary politics? I think the main thing, aside from, of course, stability, predictability that I mentioned earlier, uh, is that you ensure that the parliament itself as an institution is strengthened. I think this is something that's so important in Malaysia where we see the executive being so powerful. And, um, and when this happens, it means that you have a lot of things happening outside of the bounds of parliament. And these things are, you know, unaccountable, um, you know, lack transparency. And that's why you see a lot of money politics happening, right? You see a lot of uh, stories where people are saying, hey, we are being paid off or being threatened in certain ways. Or we are going to put in SDs. Or even in certain cases, a single politician may sign multiple SDs for different uh, prime minister's candidates and causing huge um, mess of confusion, right? So uh, through this mechanism, you essentially empower parliament, uh, remove many avenues for political corruption. And I think that's an overall good thing for Malaysians. 
So, while in favour of such legis- legislation, Garakan President Dominic Lau noted that weak governments should not use this to stabilise their hold on power. What do you make of this argument? I think that's uh, that's uh, that's. Uh, I, I certainly agree with that perspective. That uh, that uh, it's it's not an avenue for weak governments to hold on to power. I think that's something that's very important. That uh, the fixed term parliament act is not where uh, a government with no majority or lack of power to to essentially be able to hold on or sustain power uh, undemocratically. Right. We are just essentially creating clearer mechanisms, clearer check and balances for the process of dissolution of parliament and for the process of changing a prime minister to happen without SDs, without the randomness of it all, right? Uh, However, if you do not, if a prime minister lacks legitimacy, um, they fail in the budget vote or they fail in a motion of no confidence, i.e. a weak government, um, even a fixed-term parliament act will not be able to save this prime minister. And I think, so I think we, uh, I think with the Grakan uh, uh, chairperson, there is no confusion. Um, and but essentially, the the question for the average citizen is that how will this help us um, make sure that it is not random and is not up to the whims and fancies of a few key political players, and that, that there is more accountability in the system. I think that's the conversation that we want to push put forward. So the FTPA has been um, enacted in other countries, not to uniform success in Britain, for instance. Since it was enacted, but then it was then removed ten years after. What can Malaysia learn from these experiences? I, I think the great thing about democracy and parliamentary reform is that we always have uh, a lot of references to to sort of learn uh, where did they where did they make mistakes or where did they do well, right? So the good thing about uh, the uh, the UK was that it managed to hold some level of stability for two election cycles. Um, so that was something that was good, even through. Uh, even through the whole Brexit debate and all the mess that was happening in the Conservative Party, it still managed to hold strong, right? Uh, but a lesson that could be learned is that um, the Afghanistan Parliament Act was uh, a simple majority, was an act, it was not a constitutional uh, amendment, right? So perhaps if Malaysia wanted to ensure that what happened in the UK, where essentially the Prime Minister decided, I don't like this law, I want, I want to remove this law, and essentially they, he just went to Parliament and just uh, got a simple majority and remove this law, right? So if Malaysia wants to avoid that from happening, maybe we could have a constitutional um, amendment, right, to to inst- to institutionalize this on a on a constitutional level, and perhaps that that's where we can avoid some of the mistakes that the UK made. However, there are also other countries like Canada, Australia, um, Norway, where we can also learn how these systems have worked well for them in ensuring political and policy continuity and predictability. So the Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim has already said that this legislation is not a priority for his government, yet the coalition you represent, the CSO Platform for Reform, is pushing for it now. Is there a question of timing when it comes to such laws? I, I think for us, uh, as, you, as we've seen in the, in the rumours in the last couple of weeks, this Dubai move and uh, you know whichever other country or hotel moves, uh, it seems to me we love fancy hotels or fancy expensive countries to do all these big political moves. Um, but um, there's always a risk of this happening, right? And uh, there's always a challenge. So what we call for is that um, if the Prime Minister wants a mechanism or wants a system where he can make sure that he can govern well over the next couple of years with less concern over these political maneuverings, then perhaps these are the kind of institutional reforms that he should make as his priority, right? Um, of course, right now, maybe these things have not been discussed yet at the cabinet level. I uh, have not been had a, a, you know, a, a heavy discussion, but that's where civil society, 
average citizens, average Malaysians who care, we have to bring up this conversation because it's not just about politics, it's not just about uh, the Prime Minister, it's about what's best for institutions like Parliament and for Malaysians as a whole. Tharma, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. That was Tharma Pillay, a representative of the CSO Platform for Reform, talking about the call for a fixed-term Parliament Act. We're asking you whether this is something that you're in favour of. Um, In essence, it would, you know, kind of keep the parliament that we've elected in for um, for a fixed term. Uh, in essence, it would also mean that we would know when our GEs were rather than our current system. That's a simplification, but let us know whether this is something that you would be for. You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. We will be back for your messages after the news at BFM 89.9. Behold freedom. Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.39 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We started off our show today with a, a bit of a technical one, actually, because as you may know, there has been a call recently for a fixed-term parliament act to be enacted and that call, the call's coming from inside the house because the Deputy Prime Minister, <laughs> Datuk Sri Dr. Ahmad Zaid Hamidi, raised it um, only for... Uh, the Prime Minister to say, well, actually, it hasn't been discussed. It's premature. It's probably not going to happen. But that was enough for a variety of uh, CSOs to come out, including our guest earlier, who was representing uh, the CSO platform for reform, to say, well, actually, what's wrong? Maybe this is something we we want or something we need. A fixed-term parliament act, by the way, in case you missed it again, is kind of what it sounds like. In, In other words, it is an act that ensures that up to a reasonable point, the parliament and therefore the government that you elected in the elections stays in term for a fixed period of time. So in other words, every five years on March, we will have an election, something like that, rather than right now where it can happen really at any point. Um, However, it would still take into account things like um, votes of no confidence. So we have Daniel saying... For me, putting so much control makes a particular administration look stable, whilst they are not, actually. In other words, it kind of affects the transparency quality. I think people need to be just transparent and accept the fact that a particular organisation is stable or not stable. Well, I I think... Um, okay, I think considering we haven't had it, and therefore this is kind of how we operate, also considering that we have had uh, what I will, I'll use a kind word for it, uh, a fluid state of uh, (laughs) governance and changes of leadership over the last few years. I understand why perhaps on the surface of it, well, if it's transparent, at least we know the truth. At least we know that they were unstable. But the other way of looking at it is that there are still actually a variety of ways to determine whether or not the administration is stable. So a vote of no confidence is actually um, the thing to do exactly that. And while we aren't anywhere near mooting this act, I think what is being pushed for is one that, like I said, would still accommodate the the vote of no confidence, or if a prime minister fails to pass budget, for example, that would be the same thing. It also prevents 
the kind of dance that we've seen in the past happen with um, both the Prime Minister as well as the parties for whom it is advantageous to hold elections at a particular time, right? Um, the, oh, it would be, might be here, it might be then. Um, should we wait till this happens and that happens? And I think that some of that ends up, some of that is less about transparency and more about a feeling of disingenuity almost. The mm. riot often feels like they're being played around with um, and and to whose benefit really because it doesn't benefit the right yet not to know when a general election is going to be. We'd like to hear from you though. Do you wish that we had a fixed term parliament act? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.